Well, welcome back to our next edition of the Mike Care Radio Show. Hello, world. As always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And my next guests are Dan and Laura Curtis uh, from beautiful Wales, UK. And it's such a pleasure, honor you could join us today. And we understand that you're composers and lyricists, and uh, you've done a lot of great things. And first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about how the two of you have met and how you kind of came to collaborate on a lot of these projects? Sure. Well, well, first, we actually um, started performing together. Um, we both love the great American songbook, and Dan is a pianist for um, a series of concerts he's doing. So uh, I, I was a willing victim. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then after that, um, we really started exploring a writing partnership. Um, and we've been working together ever since. Yeah, it was one of those, uh, you know, partnerships that started off, you know, very much looking at uh, composers that that we've admired our whole lives, like uh, George Gershwin, Irvin Berlin, Paul Porter, Richard Rogers, and uh, and so many others. And we, you know, through those amazing songs, which is what we were kind of both brought up on, um, we found a, a real connection and. We both kind of written music separately, uh, songs, and we decided, you know, to kind of put that together and see what would uh, what would happen. Um, and uh, yeah, the partnership uh, from a musical sense w- was born out of that, and it's uh, it's it's been you know a really really fascinating experience. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the process? So, I mean, when you are creating these musical pieces, I mean, you work together or does one bring in something at another time or how does that work? Yeah, we're a little bit unusual in the sense that normally writing partners um, are in the format of one is the composer as such and one is the lyricist. Um, We don't work like that. Both of us do both of those things. So Dan normally starts with a bit of melody and he'll work on that and it'll evolve. And then when he's ready, he'll bring me on it. Um, I normally do a lot of arrangement work and I'll, I'll develop and maybe work on the structure some more and pass it back to him. He'll do some more work. Then we, then we come back, sit the piano together. And then finally, um, we do lyrics last pretty much every time, um, which is, it's not unusual, but, but a lot a lot of uh, composers like to work with a set of lyrics before they sit down to write the melody. Yeah, I mean Elton John, for example, with uh, with Bernie, you know, he he basically had the lyrics and then he would write the music. But we really, I mean, I can count, you know, on a couple of fingers the times where we've literally sketched out lyrics beforehand. Um, sometimes, if you're really, really lucky, the music and lyrics will come at the same time, in the same moment. Uh, but that doesn't happen that much. They normally need a lot of refinement or uh, a different direction even from the original sketch lyrics. If, uh, if you listen to Paul McCartney and he tells you about yesterday, he'll say that the original was uh, scrambled eggs. Oh, how sexy are your legs with the original words. So uh, quite different from yesterday. So we work a little bit like that. Oh, so I mean, is there ever a situation where you have certain lyrics and then you feel like, okay, you've got it down. And then like you, like you were mentioned with Paul McCartney, you, you do change it at the last minute or. Yeah, we, we've um, rewritten whole songs actually 
where um, we've we've had a set of lyrics and we we knew it was okay and it just was not gelling in the way that we wanted it to and so we just decided to start from scratch what does help when that happens is thinking about how the music makes us feel what kind of scenarios it might fit with because we write musical theatre um, quite often obviously there's a lot of context dramatic context going into um, the point where the music comes in um, and so that can be really helpful if, if you've got a song which perhaps wasn't written to be in a musical but for whatever reason the lyrics aren't working approaching it from a musical theatre perspective can, can actually be very useful one of the important things as well is, you know, you should listen to a song and it should move the story on, whether that's a story of a standalone song. You know, you, you should know something by the end of the song. And, and sometimes you write something and the message just isn't powerful enough. Uh, it doesn't, you know, hit the right kind of heartstrings. Um, and you need to kind of look at that sometimes. And, and th- one of the good things about working together is that we kind of critique each other. You know, sometimes I love something um, and, and Laura will be less fast and go, you know, I like it, but we could go this way. And sometimes we meet in the middle. Uh, sometimes we stamp our feet a little bit and, and, you know, kind of keep certain things. But it's an interesting process and one that works for us and, and maybe wouldn't work for a lot of other people. And we talk about musical theater. So how does it work? Are you presenting necessarily the information or what the what the play is about? Or, I mean, do you just told, okay, go ahead and create this? Or? Um, it, it just depends what the project is, really. So um, one of our recent things was um, a musical called The Pantomime Life of Joseph Grimaldi. And it was Bryce Pinkham who first introduced us to the story of Joseph Grimaldi, who was a Regency-era clown. Um, We were working on an album called Overture at the time, and it was a very special album because we approached all these wonderful Broadway and West End artists and asked them for their input on what they would like to work on as a performer. Um, And Bryce was very passionate about a song that covered a a very a very tragic part of Joseph Grimaldi's life his wife died in childbirth and um, and so we captured the moment um, where he deals with his grief on stage and through the stage and from that point we actually went on to develop a whole musical with Andrew McConnell Stutz writing the book who is the biographer of Joseph Grimaldi so so one thing can lead to another um, with musical theatre it's really interesting yeah and you know the, the great thing about the Grimaldi story is Joseph Grimaldi was was pretty much the first celebrity. He was a, a kind of icon, come from a, a very poor kind of working class background, yet mingled with the high flyers of the day, which was unheard of. Uh, he was uh, amazing, and and literally that the kind of way that someone sees a traditional clown is is very much based on you know the design that that Joseph Grimaldi put in place. And so much of, you know, what Grimaldi did is used and, and captured, you know, today. And the great thing 
about working on that piece was that the story was so profound um, that it allowed us to, to use a real classical tone with the music, something we, we hadn't had a chance to do, really. Um, yeah, there'll be more with that one in the future. Uh, we're, we're, after COVID has, has kind of uh, gone, we'll definitely be looking at that again. But we are writing a lot of standalone projects for charity at the moment, uh, and that's kind of been our, our big work for the last uh, kind of couple of years. Oh, so char- charity, can you tell us more about how that works? Yeah, well, we've been really trying to fly the flag for a number of causes that are important to us, um, from either our personal experiences or just charities that do really wonderful work. Um, I think it started all the way back in 2012, 2012. yeah, yeah and um you mentioned we live in Wales. Well, well, coal mining um, was a, a huge industry here in Wales um, for a very, very long time. And there's even a lyric in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang about it. And we had some awful, awful tragedies happen with mining disasters. And one of them happened um, very close to us in St. Gennett. And we found out that there was a local community group trying to raise funds for a, a mining memorial, a national mining memorial, and they were struggling. And so we decided to try and put together a song with um, what well, it doesn't sound very original now when I say a lot of different celebrities recording from home and different places. Um, this is something that's really um, rocketed in the age of COVID, but back when we did it then, it, it hadn't really been often done. No, and phones weren't that great at recording at the time and one of the things we tried to do was get people to record on devices all over the world and, you know, we had some wonderful contributions from uh, people like Michael Sheen, the boxer Joe Calzaghi um, people like Jonathan Price the Academy Award nominee and uh, some other, you know, incredible um kind of artists but the interesting thing about that was we we did it we actually took a piano underground down into the coal mine and no one had ever done that before we performed a concert underground and that kind of stemmed the idea and the, uh, the footage was an important part of the video that went online for the project we also sold cds as well and it raised it, it was a significant it was tens of thousands of pounds yeah, yeah. um so it did make a difference but of late, we've been writing projects for uh, a military charity called Help for Heroes. Um, we've got another project coming out on World Mental Health Day uh, later on in the year. And, yeah, we've had some incredible people contribute in, in many different ways to these projects. Everybody from Will Ferrell, Michael J. Fox to Dame Judi Dench, Sir Paul McCartney, Steve Martin, um, and so many other incredible people. And, and, and that's kind of one of the hardest things, really, is to try to be innovate a new idea or something a little bit different, but also engage with, you know, these icons of the stage and screen and, and get them to come on board and support the charity, support the causes through a musical project that we create. 
Okay, Dan and Laura, you know what? That sounds great. What we are going to do is we are going to take a quick break and we will be back. My guest today from beautiful Wales, UK, we have Dan and Laura Curtis, who are great uh, lyricists and composers, and they produce a lot of great music, and we're so blessed and honored that they could uh, join us today. You are listening to the Mike Care Radio Show. Hello, world. As always, probably broadcasting from Coe, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And please stay with us for our next segment of this edition of our program today. Well, welcome back to our next segment of this edition of the Mike Care Radio Show. Hello, world. As always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And my guests today are great composers and lyricists. They make a lot of great music. Dan and Laura Curtis from Wales, UK. And we're so blessed and honored that Dan and Laura can join us today and tell us all about the music that they create. Thanks so much. And we truly Really do appreciate it. You want to talk about, you know, you were mentioning about, you know, working on all these projects. So I'm wondering how many projects do you actually work on at, at a time? I mean, is it a situation where you could just turn one on and one off, or do you like to work at each project one at a time? We, we like to work on the large scale ones about once every nine months ish. Sometimes, for whatever reason, one one is faster to put together. But most of the time, um, it's pretty intensive work. And then things come up. We like to collaborate with with artists we admire, and we might write some individual songs and and get those produced as well. Um, but yeah, for example, the Help for Heroes one was was really really intensive. It involved several recording sessions with thirty eight. Yeah, in Nashville, New York, London, Wales. um, We often have to work across several time zones as well, and we have to factor that in. So, so yeah, there's definitely only enough mental room for one at a time. I mean, we're doing something a little bit different at the moment with uh, an opera singer called uh, Brian Sheeney. Um, Brian was uh, taught by an amazing opera singer called Jerry Hadley. Um, He was... Jerry is still kind of uh, America's kind of probably most prestigious tenor uh, in terms of, of what he achieved. And we're actually doing a completely different project and producing uh, an album um, kind of celebrating the life of, of Mario Lanza because it would have been his 100 years of his birth in January coming up. So as a little tribute to Mario, who actually pretty much inspired me to even love music. Um, we wanted to do something with that so we're doing a whole album of, of the great classic songs with Brian so there's always something something different something that strikes uh, our, you know a chord something we feel is important oh so I mean oh, sorry we've got some children outside playing <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh great so now speaking of you know we mentioned that you're in, in Wales so I mean for most of what you, you then you have to do a lot of traveling then or uh, we're, we're like two little hermits to be honest um, the, the wonders of technology means that in any standard recording studio you've normally got an artist in the booth and you're in a completely different area of the building sometimes so we found that working internationally is really very easy by just being patched into the person's headphones and we hear them record live 
and give feedback. We we do have to go down to London a lot, um, but we we really do um, fully exploit the technology available to us uh, to try and work as widely as possible. Um, bear in mind, we, we have a five-year-old, um, William, he's beautiful, uh, but he keeps us very busy. So we, we are multitasking between uh, the parenting and the professional at the moment. The interesting thing with, with technology is it's obviously improving. And, you know, even Disney now, they, they tend to, even even within L.A., um, don't kind of go down to studios. They'll literally patch in via Skype or, or similar. Um, and, you know, it's obviously not as good in terms of, you know, there is a bit of a lag sometimes. And we've had a couple of sessions where, you know, technology's let us down or, or the Wi-Fi's gone off or something similar to that. Um, but, you know, generally we get there in the end and it, it, it all works just fine. But it's uh, it's amazing what technology can do. Oh, wow. So you could pretty much uh, just uh, send th- things in if you need to, huh? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's been really interesting seeing others, um, other artists and performers um, start to use the technology available in the in the way we have been doing for for years now, and um, and I think it, it's going to be um, one of the positives that comes out of this. Obviously, we, we want to be together, and we um, we want to be able to do stuff live, but these digital projects do have merit as everybody can see and it's wonderful that i think um once covid has left us all in peace once more um i think there'll be a lot of amazing digital creativity that's happening along with the live um from this point so that's really great i think the other thing which it has done though is probably you know it's made the market quite kind of saturated i think for us, you know, next time we do something uh, with a charity project, it's going to have to be something very different. Um, so I'm not sure what that's going to be yet, but we'll, we'll think of something. We always like to do something that either hasn't been done in that way before, a new idea, a new spin, a new twist. Um, so, yeah, but I'm sure this cause will, will come to us next year and we'll, we'll pick up another big project and, and work on something that raises money for a great cause. And we understand that uh, a lot of your, you know, uh, p- plays and you know, a lot of your music has been featured in a lot of different venues and a lot of different places. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I, th- I think we've managed to hop around the world. We had, <laughs> we've had stuff um, at the Royal Albert Hall, which is a really beautiful venue here. It's where they have the proms every year normally. Um, the London Palladium, which is housed um, many, many icons and amazing shows. Um, we've gone as far, we've had um, stuff performed in, in Manila, yeah. Yeah, Australia, um, all over the world. It's... Uh, you know, it's amazing to think that somewhere, someone out there is perhaps listening to your songs. But you know, when people are out there singing them, and we get a lot of uh, a lot of videos come in, and people will say, oh, "I've sung this, or I recorded this song, or I sang this at an audition," and uh, it's a great honour. And you know, one of the things we try to do is if if anybody contacts us, and we get a, you know quite a few of them. You know, for sheet music or, or tracks or anything, we, we try to get those across to them as quickly as possible. You know, it, it is a, a genuine honour and privilege to, you know, to have someone sing your song. And 
especially when they put their own kind of twist on it and, you know, make it their own. That's a real thrill. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you find that a lot, that uh, people are, you know, interpreting your, your music in their own way then? Yeah, mo- the vast majority of the time very well as well. You know, we, we always have an open mind. Um, we're not extremely precious when it comes to artists um, trying something a little bit different that maybe we didn't think of when we write it. Um, because people draw on their own musical experience and preference and you get to hear some really interesting things. What's fascinating about that is you kind of forget you write certain songs. Um, we've been places, and this is the strangest experience, you know, if you go somewhere and you actually hear one of your songs being played, and you're like, you know, did we write this? And sometimes you have to rack your brain, is it some some other song that you kind of know that, you know, wasn't written by you, and then you kind of come around to the fact that you did write it. It's almost like you write a song and you put it aside and it and you kind of hand it over to to other people and to the world, and you hope that they like it and embrace it as much as you do. And yeah, it, it's a it's a really interesting experience. We've, we've had people send our work back and they've done performances with a full orchestra. And uh, that's incredible. It really is. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, so, I, I mean, uh, has your your music been featured in maybe different movies or TV shows? or? Well, we, we actually had a universal album um, that an a amazing artist called Bo Dermot. Um, she's, she's very young. I can't think how old she is now, but she's, she's a teenager. Yeah. Um, and they used our song Brave as the lead um, song. Um, so the album was actually called Brave. And that was really amazing to see that in shops. One of the nicest things is we did a project um, turning... And it was kind of an unofficial project, but one that, that kind of took, built a lot of momentum, really. And we turned Ratatouille, the, the Disney Pixar movie, into a musical and wrote a series of songs and put a full orchestra and a cast and a chorus on it. And, uh, you know, that was met with uh, a lot of acclaim. Um, I'm sure there are people out there that, uh, you know, didn't want a musical made of Ratatouille at the same time. Um, but it really seemed to kind of uh, strike a chord with, with a lot of the Pixar fans. And it certainly opened Hollywood to us. Uh, before COVID and before, obviously, this pandemic, you know, we, we have had meetings with with a lot of different uh, American, you know, people like um, Illumination Entertainment, Universal, the Jim Henson Company. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm hoping in the future, it's definitely, I'll say, our main aim now is to, is to do more on the kind of television and movie side. So... We're speaking to the right people, but it's a, it's a crazy long process. You know, something takes seven years quite often from concept to completion. Oh, and I wanted to, to ask you, you know, a lot of people like to keep logs or a lot of people, you know, have what they've written down. I mean, is, is there somewhere that you've kept a log of every single piece of music you've written? Or Oh, yeah, we, we always we have... Um, most of it's digital now because we do transcribe our music and store it um yes the, the, the answer is yes i don't think we've lost any yet no i've got a, a couple of notebooks full of i would say about 20 songs which are probably unfinished 
um, including what I think is the best song that we've ever written, um, and that's just waiting there, sat there waiting for something. And uh, you know, it's sometimes the moment just doesn't happen yet, and you kind of get hit by it. I'll always remember uh, reading a, an article about George Gershwin, and he had a notebook and he lost it, and. When he lost the notebook, he said to kind of his brother, you know, the notebook's gone missing. And his brother just went, well, never mind, you'll have to write some more songs. And that's uh, kind of how George kind of got away with that. And he had to just go away and write a whole new uh, new set of songs. But, yeah, logs and, and notebooks are, are very, very useful, definitely. Okay, Dan and Laura, you know what? That sounds great. What we are going to do is we are going to take a quick break and we will be back. My guests today are Dan and Laura Curtis from Beautiful Wales, UK, and they are great uh, lyricists and composers. They create such great music and we're so blessed and honored that uh, they could uh, join us today. You are listening to the Mike Kara Radio Show. Hello, world, as always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And please stay with us for a very last segment of this edition of our program today. Well, welcome back to our very last segment of this edition of the Mike Kara Radio Show. Hello, world, as always, probably broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And my guests today are Dan and Laura. Curtis, who are great uh, composers and lyricists, and they create beautiful music, and they are from uh, Wales, UK, and we want to thank uh, Dan and Laura so much for being here, and we also want to thank... Uh, Vince Sapone and the team at Zap One Productions for doing this um, show in a partnership that uh, this particular show done in partnership with Mike Care Media Group and Zap One Productions. And we all also want to encourage everyone to check out our uh, Instagram uh, page for b- both Mike Care Media Group and Vince Sapone and our newest and, and uh, wonderful creation, uh, Beauty Queens World wide so just go on instagram search for that and you'll you'll find it and i want to thank dan and laura and i also want to thank each and every one of our radio listeners uh for joining us today and uh sharing my love and passion for what i do which is bringing you dan and laura's passion for what they do and if you've got a idea for a guest please go to mikecara.com where you can send me uh, an email or give me a call and uh, again dan and laura it's a pleasure and honor that you could join me today thanks so much we truly are blessed and we truly do appreciate it and now we want to talk a little bit you know about your social media or your your website so do you have a website well, we're in, we're actually uh, in the middle of building a new one. We have lots of social media that we use at Dan Laura Curtis on Twitter, and uh, I think the same on, on Instagram. I, I think Facebook is or Instagram. One of them is Dan and Laura Curtis. Um, so yeah, you'll find us on on lots of the different kind of social media um, kind of sites and, and YouTube as well. And we do try and put out, you know, a, a fair amount of, of, of new content and, and try and engage with with people. Um, 
particularly through, you know, if we can do interviews. And, uh, you know, it's very nice to speak to you uh, this evening for us. Um, obviously not, not for you. Right. But, uh, you know, it's great just to, to kind of communicate. Laura's uh, just popped up to see our, our little baby boy. He's uh, definitely just woken up. But, yeah, what time are you in, in Florida today? Oh, uh, uh, let's see. It's one twenty-six. <laughs> so, yeah, fair difference. It's, uh, yeah, because you're for your five hours. But, um, yeah, it's, it's obviously nighttime here. It's uh, about 6.30 coming up. So that's always interesting, especially when we're speaking to people in L.A. There's been quite a few moments where we've had meetings at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning for us. And, uh, you know, that's always uh, interesting, just trying to keep yourself awake and, and focused, uh, you know, in the middle of the night sometimes. Oh, okay. And now, as far as, like, if, if our audience would like to hear some of the, the, the music, I mean, do you have anything on YouTube? or? Yeah, loads of stuff on YouTube. Um, YouTube's, you know, one of our main platforms. Um, you know, Spotify as well. If you type in, you know, Dan and Laura Curtis on Spotify, uh, you know, you'll find, you know, all of our... Uh, all of our albums and different projects you know if you go to either at Dan Laura Curtis on Twitter or Dan hyphen Laura Curtis on YouTube uh, you'll find you know all of our projects on them and uh, you know that's always a good place to uh, see what we're up to and, and what we're uploading and you know give us a subscribe if you uh, get a moment and you know, it's always uh, always great to engage with people in that way. Oh, so I mean, right now you mentioned that you have uh, you're working on so many pro projects. Then, well, our main one at the moment is a, a project to come out on World Mental Health Day, um, and the wonderful thing about this project is that we have some incredible people we, we, we can't announce yet uh, involved some some real kind of icons and you know they're contributing to it along with a, a musical uh, side that we there's a song a central song and the great thing is that we're actually with this project able to merge um you know, the UK and the United States, it, it's got a, a broad spectrum, again, of, of kind of people who are, you know, very, very high profile in, in both countries. And what we've tried to do is a project that will resonate across the world. Um, and we wanted something that stood alone, uh, that had a central message and a central theme of the fact that, you know, we're all, we can all and all do suffer with mental health. And that, you know, it, things can get better. And, and that's kind of the, the main theme, to kind of stay strong. So that's what we're up to at the moment. We're putting those finishing touches. We've got a few more videos to receive by the end of July, and then we'll, we'll start uh, finalizing that one. And then we've got the album with uh, Brian Cheney, which we're uh, working on at the moment, and a couple of other projects as well. So, yeah, lots on the go. Lots uh, of things happening, which is always good. So, I mean, now with the circumstances, it, is a lot of this can be done, you know, when you're meeting with people online or? Thank goodness. Absolutely. You know, it's been a hard time. I, I don't know how you found it personally, 
um, you know, maybe you can tell me. It's uh, always interesting to hear. But uh, you know, it's it, it's a, a very difficult time because there was a period in the UK where you know we were we're still technically kind of in a in a lockdown. Uh, it's been kind of three months, and you know, shops are only just reopening, apart from the main supermarkets, um, as of Monday. So uh, literally. It's only been a couple of days and we've had kind of what they defined as non-essential shops here in Wales. And, you know, it's been very, very difficult. We've been doing a lot of online concerts and, and trying to do a lot of things online and tie things up. But what we found is a lot of agents and a lot of companies have kind of furloughed their staff. So, you know, people are not working. Um, so that's been quite difficult. And that still hasn't recovered. A lot of people are still off for another couple of months. So I, I don't know how, what it's been like in Florida, but uh, maybe you can uh, tell me. I'd be very interested. Oh, well, things are opening uh, up, but unfortunately, we're having like six to 9,000 new cases of coronavirus a day, but we're trying to open up. Yeah, it must be very difficult. We, we've been across to, uh, to Disney and Universal uh, a number of times in Florida, and it's you know, it's, it's hard to believe that all of those things, are, are, you know, are closed and have been closed for a, a period of time. I know what Disney World are, you know, obviously getting back together. and But it's, you know, it's amazing that the effect, obviously, this pandemic has had. And they say that up to 60% of arts organizations could fold as a result of this. And uh, theaters being kind of canceled and at least until 2021. Um, there was something today suggesting that it could be March or April that you start seeing, you know, the productions back even in the West End. Um, so, yeah, that's a, a kind of terrifying if you think that basically for almost another year, you know, all of the people that are employed front of house, backstage and the technical department, the actors, the orchestras are basically out of work. It's a terrifying concept to, uh, to kind of get your head around. Right. Okay, uh, Dan and Laura, we really do appreciate uh, your, your all your time here and telling us a little bit more about what you do. Any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention here? I think from you know our perspective, just uh, you know, if people are out there and you know they are finding this time tough, you know, it's just. Uh, Try to keep yourself motivated in, in whatever way you can. You know, try and find some new projects or something, you know, uh, something that, that kind of, you know, makes you happy, makes you smile and, and make the most of it. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. You know, it, it has been a very difficult time and, you know, we have thrown ourselves into some things that we love just to, you know, get kind of get through and, uh, in the best possible way that we can. But from a perspective of our, our music, you know, I'd be very grateful if you keep a, a lookout for that World Mental Health Day uh, project, which will be released a little bit later on in the year. Um, that, as I said, is a, is a big thing for us. And uh, we are very excited to kind of announce it. And, and that's on Saturday, the 10th of October, World Mental Health Day. And uh, the launch will happen in London and New York. Um, and uh, we'll be using a lot of billboards uh, in Times Square um, and uh, here in uh, the UK as well. And 
that'll be kind of going out the uh, the video up on the screens along with coming out uh, on uh, YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. But uh, I'd be you know, really grateful if people could look out for it and uh, you know let us know what you think. It's always nice to hear back from people and you know do give us a follow at Dan Laura Curtis and you know we appreciate you having us on you know thanks for the time and thanks for uh, inviting us it's uh, a real pleasure to talk to you okay uh, thanks so much Dan my guest has been Dan and Laura Curtis and you've been listening to the Mike Kara radio show hello world and please catch us again next time <laughs>